more. This is one more. Otra, por favor. Episodio 54. 54. Let's get it. How are you today, Coque? I'm fantastic, man. I'm excited to finally be back in our home studio. The uh, Otra, por favor, studios here. A short walk from Q2, and I can't wait to get into what we're going to get into today. Yeah, man. Uh, one thing that we did last week, uh, we took a, a quick break because we went to record with Or Jorge Iturralde. Yes, sir. Uh, with the guys with uh, Club Deportes. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, give a big shout out to them and, and the crew that, you know, they welcomed us in through their space. Yeah. And how how did you, really quick, how did you feel about going there to a new, uh, to a different uh, setting? It was exciting, man. Shout out to my tocayo, Jorge Turralde, for uh, opening up his studio and his shows to us. Uh, we were on uh, Football in Vivo. Uh, great, great segment, great setup. And it was just nice to be able to uh, do an entire episode in Spanish And in a very exciting way with Jorge and kind of discussing Austin FC's form um, in a different in a different setting and environment. And, you know, this is a man who's very seasoned at what he does uh, and, and well respected in the in the journalistic uh, sports community. So anything that we could absorb from 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 that gentleman, uh, I'll take it in, man. So gracias. Gracias, Tocayo. Yeah, man, it was good. Uh, one thing we don't have to worry about is setting up. We just went in, recorded, and then got out. <laughs> yeah, I, I really felt like a superstar. Uh, <laughs> but no, man, it was great. And then after that, we did an episode uh, with David Alvarez and... Um, Dude, I forgot his name, but I can find it right now. And then we should have thought about that earlier, but... Yeah. Dude, it was just, I was thinking about that. Like, man, because I remember, like, my goal is to remember his name without, like, having to look at it. He said paso, but let's let's uh, let's keep on going, and then we can come back to for it. For sure, for sure, man. But now I'm excited to be here in our home studio, ready to talk about a few things. So, as you know, Otra Por Favor is a podcast dedicated to football, life, and culture, and everything that makes that great. Mm -hmm. And in today's episode, we're going to focus on the football aspect of it. It's going to be heavy on the on the football. So. Uh, some of the things we're going to discuss, Austin FC's current form, um, future prediction, um, discussions amongst uh, you know our, our ideas and opinions there, and also getting into... Eric McCoy. <laughs> Eric McCoy. I, I was going to say Eric McGrady, but it's Eric McCoy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, no, It's all good. <laughs> Eric McCoy, big Chelsea fan. Welcome us to the studio. Super professional guy, too, so... Um, with that, that was that was really cool to be a part of that man, and I hope <laughs> we can continue to maybe bring him on to the other Por Favor podcast soon. But yeah, we're gonna go over Austin FC, uh, All Star Liga MX uh, versus MLS, and address the uh, elephant in the room. My well, our 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 the, our, the, the team of our of our of our uh, of our hearts, of our know? hearts, unfortunately, is uh is going through a tough economic time and a lot of eyes and scrutiny on them, a lot of criticism, uh -huh. a lot of people waiting for the for the empire to crumble. Uh, but I'm excited to get into that, man. Let's let's start with the Barcelona part first. All right. Um, so from what we from what I've you know I've been reading so, and also listening to and uh, TV is it's for me what I'm understanding is they're selling their revenue that's gonna of like right now that's you know about to happen right now they're sort of turning into a loan and it's gonna be a debt for future 
projects. Right, right, right. So basically, you're going to make revenue, of course, you're going to have the sales, but then all the incoming uh, cash flow is going to be going towards paying off a long-term debt. Um, I don't think what they're doing is a good idea. Uh, there's two things why. One is you have this project of La Masia that you have not been really focusing on for a while. We got we had some players here and there uh, recently, but it's not something that you probably did in 2000, between 2003 to like 2010 when Busquets came out, uh, Xavi came out, Iniesta came out. So you're losing focus on that La Masia part, and that was crucial for them winning championships. Mm-hmm. And now you're you're all you're doing is pretty much you're basing your hopes on up incoming players. That um, I mean, it's always good when you bring incoming players, but the influx of good players that you're bringing in to a new project, not really building from what you had, I don't think it's it's the right idea. I think there should be more theft coming from La Masia part. But if they're doing some work, work good work in it, my question is. What are they doing at La Masia? Like, what are they doing to bring players out? That that kind of, like, project has kind of, you know, stalled, and we haven't seen anything from that. No, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, the players that they're bringing in, uh, they brought in Robert Lewandowski, mm-hmm. Andreas Christensen, Jules Kunde. Um, these are quality players with mm-hmm. experience versus the youth of La Masia. So mm-hmm. I believe that it can it can balance out the team and, and help, help Xavi get more of that idea in his players with having true leadership in his um mm-hmm. in, in inside his locker room people that are tested and proven like Lewandowski such a goal scorer number nine Barca hasn't had a true number nine in, in, in I don't even know how long since Suarez yeah uh since Suarez man but essentially Barcelona still cannot register these summer signings right uh because La Liga has rejected that attempt uh because they've they found after an audit that they are inflating the value of two asset sales. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of movements in the books. I mean, you you, you know books, Richie. I, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. reading about this and I'm seeing like a lot of funny business. I don't know. This is kind of like more Ozark season something than Barcelona's <laughs> uh, uh, summer season. But it's kind of scary to look at that you might you you did all these moves. You're spending all this money when at the same time uh, you're asking your senior players that are there to. To get a salary reduction. That's another. So, what kind of feelings are you doing in the locker room where you mm-hmm. are asking for salary reductions? You're not even playing, paying the full, uh, the full salaries of of Luke De Jong, right? Um, your whole, and you're buying players on the other side, on the other side of the coin, and then you're kind of reinvesting in yourself, and it, and that you get a slap on the wrist where you might even have to pay um, taxes to to Spain. Mm-hmm. This Spanish government, so it, it it's really hard, man. Like seeing all these palancas, um, are articles that I would rather not read, because <laughs> to me, it's, you go further and further away from the football. Yeah, you get into the, the more political and you know the yeah. pantalon largo part. Yeah, but it's it's obviously having a huge effect on Barcelona, mm-hmm. and everybody's eyes are looking at this uh, at this team and. Um, a lot of people are are are, are kind of getting uh, that German word. Uh, what's it called? Schadenfreude. I forget what. I, I'm not saying it correctly. <laughs> but joy at someone's uh, a failure, misery, yeah. uh, agony is an expression. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people are getting that looking at Barcelona and yeah, the financial situation. Unfortunately, but uh, and it's not like for me. It's, <laughs> it's not like honestly. It's not the the players' fault. I think it's more so the 
you know, Joan Laporta and his people. Not, not. Yeah. The, I mean, the players are doing whatever they could. I mean, a lot of the players, you know, they're getting older. So the ones that are get, get, getting, you know, to cut their salary, they're, they're kind of seem like, uh, how you would say, like not, not respected as they should. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. Right, right. And and it's having an effect, too, on, on some of the crowds in mm -hmm. Barcelona. Like, they started booing uh, certain players. Like, uh, Bryce White, they started booing him. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but people were speculating that it was because he did not want to take a pay cut. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously he hasn't performed um, to what was expected or what could have been desired of him. But still, like, booing your players in a preseason game against Pumas – in Camp No is not a good look. It just kind of shows that Barca, fan, Barca has a segment of fans, and all teams have a segment of fans that are just, frankly, toxic. And just, yeah, they are looking for someone to blame, right? Um, but this is a very, this is kind of a complex issue, man. Uh, one question that I have for you is, do you think with everything that they're doing, they're going to accomplish going further in the champions than what they've done in the past three years? Yes, I, I feel very certain that they that they can get way further in the champ in 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 La Liga. They can actually fight for La Liga and and, and, and win it. Um, because you look at what Xavi did when he came in with the mm -hmm. players that he had and the 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 reinvention of that locker room and the system and just how they started playing with more joy and idea uh, tr true to the a little bit modernized tiki taka style. Mm -hmm. And you just look at the arsenal that he's building with. Um, with you know reinforcing his back line with Kunde, you know having a true striker like Lewandowski, mm -hmm. getting some quality midfielders that have good touch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Rafinha, Rafinha has wow, like he came from Leeds, right? Leeds, Leeds, Leeds United. What? what? It's not that it from Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we've been still in Chelsea. We, we we've been still in Chelsea players. Uh, uh, at That's the end of the day, right. business is business. Yeah, and we're we're doing some shady shit and. Uh, we're also getting reprimanded for it, so it's kind of it's kind of a shaky time. I kind of mm -hmm. want just to see the ball rolling for the boys to start start playing, and for Barcelona's like execs and and board to figure this all out. And yeah, but um, I know it's not that simple. So we're literally waiting day by day to hear news from what's going to happen in Barcelona, man. Yeah, the first step will be to getting these guys registered. I mean, they're going to have to come with up with something and getting them registered. The deadline, I believe, for the closing of market they have to have them registered by august 31st mm -hmm. and i mean they have they still got another 21 days so we you know we we can have to you know la porta has to open up an only fans or something so we can raise funds <laughs> i feel like that's only fans <laughs> is your solution to a lot of things Richard. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no man um it's gonna take a lot of only fans to, to save barca but um we're fans right here, and we're gonna we're gonna support them, and and hopefully, uh, um, Saturday, August thirteenth, will be their first game against uh, Rayo Rayo Vallecano at two o'clock at two p.m. Central. Mm -hmm. uh, can't wait to to see the football. Although Man. the conversation you already know is going to be about the, the economic, yeah, and of the, course, the signings and stuff. I like for me is I st I stopped watching Barcelona after the Frankfurt game last year. Is that well last season? Because I was like, man, I'm just you were heartbroken. I was heartbroken, and I'm like, how how can we do this, knowing that like you for me is the way they lost that game. That was for me. Uh, it was just like a hurtful thing to yeah. see. No, it, it, it was hurtful. It and, was, and and I was like, man, I I need to stay away from him. I need a break from Barcelona. <laughs> right. 
right? So, but I mean, I still got love for it. Love is pain, bro. But you know, like anyway, <laughs> make me happy. Um, Fresh start, new season. A ver qué pasa. Yeah, man. Hopefully, I'm predicting la liga, por lo menos, por lo menos. Hey, we have to. Copa del Rey. You have to start. So that's the thing. We have to start. If Barcelona wants to do something, they have to start step by step. The first step has to be La Liga. You can't be wanting to win it all when you're still building a foundation. Yeah. Find themselves in the long-term part of La Liga because the short term is the champions. And the champions, tienes que entrar. Maybe the group stage, you get some slack. But yeah, when you go in the, in the knockout rounds, that's when you have to... By then, you have to be already already be proven that you're a team that you know that's willing to compete. And I think for Barcelona, what they want to do, it's possibly going to take longer than just four or five months for them to actually get in a place where they can win the Champions League. So, if they win La Liga this year, I'm going to have more. You know, I always have love for Barcelona, but I'm going to have a little more um, hope or a little more like it's going to be a little more serious, serious project for me rather than you know going back to we don't win a liga we get knocked out you know quarterfinals or even octavos and then we, we don't do anything in the la copa del rey so just go for a liga la copa del rey and do the best we can in the champions league so. for sure and i mean going back to 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 barca like why why barca why why do i follow barca like i'm not i'm not from barcelona i've, mm -hmm. I've, I've been there once but like When I, going back to like the early 2000s or mid 2000s, you mm -hmm. saw the, the ball at the feet of Ronaldinho. It's hard yeah. not to fall in love with that. It's hard not to fall in love with the come up of Iniesta Xavi. Mm -hmm. You know, like the uh, the Rafa Marquez player that I looked up to my whole life. You know, I was a center back growing up. Just seeing players play with such quality and joy and mm -hmm. that really kind of elevated football to a different level um, was something that was unforgettable for me. And, That's why I really love this club. Um, and and I always felt that when Barcelona won, wins, mm -hmm. football wins. So not to say my expectations are, are, are to, a, to a level of like unrealistic views, mm -hmm. but I really, really hope that all these moves that are happening are a true good gamble and payoff because, man, oh, man, are they, are they stacking themselves up with so much pressure right now. A lot of pressure. Yeah. I I feel the pressure, and I'm like, man. Hey, but speaking of pressure, man. Austin FC. Austin FC, man. What's going on, bro? Dude. What, what, I, I told, the Fortress? Man, I told you, man, that home game advantage for us, it's not where it's at <laughs> this season. Dude, um, it, it reminds me of that Dave Chappelle skit. Like, every team that comes in, Rick James just gets on our couch and like, fuck your couch. <laughs> That's what teams are doing to us, man. Yeah. More or less. I mean, well, we're we're also doing the same when we go away, I, right? I, I think that the players do feel that uh, until they win again, they do feel the pressure of playing at home because of I, I believe that they're kind of like pressured or they're they're pressuring themselves to not fail. Mm -hmm. uh, They come out a little stiff. You can see it. You know, even Fagundes came out a bit stiffer this game. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we scored early, but then we got scored right after that. Yeah. Um, be, uh, so the game against San Jose last Saturday ended in 3-3. The first goal, mm -hmm. beautiful header goal from Cascante. Um, uh, Diego Fagundes put in an amazing cross, his mm -hmm. 60th uh, 
assist, assist yeah. in, his, in his MLS career. That's good, man. Uh, Congratulations. Oh, man, that man is always racking up numbers. So shout out Diego for for uh, continuing such a long, successful career. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by that, we had uh, a fluke goal by San Jose off of uh, uh, a cross that came in kind of low, and the guy kind of chipped it and went over Stu. Mm-hmm. Stu was, like, being a little aggressive on it, trying to come out. That's one of those goals that you kind of look around and you're like, who do you blame? Like, everybody was pressing. Everybody yeah. was kind of following their man and compressing, and it was just kind of an unlucky. football. It's an unlucky bounce, right? Yeah. Ugly-ass goal. So we respond. Uh, no, actually, no. The, the the second goal that San Jose made was right after that. Right. Um, Stu comes out in a corner, uh, punts it out with his fist, is a little late to get back on his line, and... What are you gonna, how do you how do you stop that golazo, man? That shot. Yeah, that was like one of the top goals of the MLS week. Yeah, when it's a golazo, you gotta take it. You gotta you gotta you know. I take, take my hat off yeah. and I say, congratulations, sir. That mm-hmm. was a golazo. So we were down two one at that point, um, and then Ethan Finley, who's been having an amazing season mm-hmm. and who's uh, getting all these rumors and competitions with, have you Corozo or have you the incoming Rigoni? Yeah, it's continuing to perform at such a such a high level. Um, he puts in a nice diagonal ball to an incoming, totally unmarked mm-hmm. Sebastian Drussi, our MLS all-star, and he buries it. Right. He buries it. So that takes the game to 2-2. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the second goal Drussi scored, bro, he literally fought through a defender and a goalkeeper and tapped it in. Like, how did it? ¿Cómo le salió? No sé, güey, pero... Güey, it's, 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 uh, it's magia. Yeah. Magia. It's Drusy like magic. It's, it's magic. magia más que nada. Um, <laughs> he, he just, he, you can, and then there's one thing that uh, Drusy's signing changed the the face of Austin FC mm-hmm. for last season and what's going on with this season. Because you already have players. It's not like, say, with, with, with Austin FC, it's not like they they didn't compete or they didn't, you know, come through and wanted to play. But it's just they have someone that knows about the game, that understands the game and the positioning of the game and where to move. Mm-hmm. But he's also helping his teammates get better. When you have that in your team, that's you're already coming in as you're going to compete, like, physically, mentally, anemically. You're going to compete with good football. Yeah. I would say he plays on a different level, like a different dimension. Like, Drusi's like Neo, man. He's like seeing, he's seeing things and mm-hmm. he's moving mentally at a quicker level. Like some of the, I don't know how many tunnels he did, um, just the spaces he gets into, the way he gets out of, out of pressure. Right. Um, yes, simple, simple, yeah. simple. Yeah. simple yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so, it, it's nothing like super, super fancy, although he is capable of fancy stuff. Right. And he with, chooses not to be yeah, fancy. I yeah. think he, he'd rather be simple and like have his, his teammates look good. Right. And him just take the whole ball and, and take everybody. Right. But, so, yeah, man, I say we, um, Continue this conversation after a break. Sorry, we're we're back from the break. It was a technical uh, break that we had to take. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, picking up right where we left off, uh, right off the Drusi brace uh, that made the game um, three to two at the time. You know we were up, so we felt that uh, we had fought back into this game to a, a, a victory. We thought we were going to cruise into victory, and um, 
I think the coaching staff also felt that they mm-hmm. were, that they that they could hold this one off by making a few substitutions. I believe they they uh, uh, put in um, Felipe. Oh, they changed the uh, the wingers too. They took out Diego. They uh, took out Diego. Druzy came out. Druzy came out. Um, they brought in Este Redes, Lord Redes, and Owen Wolf. Owen Wolf came in the midfield. Martins came in. Put him as like a center forward, something weird. Center forward, and then Hosen was in for no Digite for Urdi. Yeah, and and it really that that strategy strategy ended up backfiring because um, as we know in the 80th minute, Ivo Ivo Vise of um, of San Jose Earthquakes uh, came back with a header, um, a header that that is so frustrating to watch because you saw. You saw uh, Gabrielson and um, uh, este, like, you know, his name, Cascante mm-hmm. kind of get lost and leave Lima alone to mark this 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 uh, incredible player who who managed to rise way above like a couple heads to to end up tying the game a, a tie that at the end of the day feels more like a win to San Jose yeah. coming into Q two. Uh, being able to withstand um, the pressure and the 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 goals against and and come back and claw back to get one point from this uh, tough fixture, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think the league is kind of looking at the Austin FC um, Q two Stadium is not not that strong of a, not not that strong of a field. It's a field that that is going to give them opportunities to come back whatever right. the result. So just kind of looking forward. I mean, I know we have this. Uh, this game against Sporting Kansas uh, cities soon, but if I were LAFC looking at this and, and Austin FC is still in the second place, uh, running the closest to you, I would be licking my fingers, just like rubbing my hands, doing the little Birdman, you know. I can't wait to yeah. come to Q two and and uh, and give these guys show them who who the super. Hope this is a wake up call mm-hmm. for the uh, the entire staff and the entire team because at the end of the day, I feel like. Everybody shares the responsibility of this loss. Right, right. No, there's no one person to blame. You can't blame Brad. You can't blame the the defense. You can't just blame the forwards. You can't just blame the coaching staff. Everybody deserves some type of responsibility, mm-hmm. with the exception of probably Sebastian Drusi, who Drusi. scores a brace, sets up his teammates, mm-hmm. so, does amazing work, and yeah. Fagundes, who's, who's just who work rate is incredible. And always puts in an assist, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, mentally, um, and and making and this game, you know, it had it had fluke mm-hmm. goals, you know, like the it, it it was a tough one to get tied, very frustrating. But if you look back, you can see you can see moments where uh, where 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 the team could have done better. So, are you alarmed by this result at home? I'm not. I'm not sounding the alarms, mm-hmm. but I think um, what separates what separates Austin FC from an from an elite team mm-hmm. is uh, like elite teams are able to close out games at home and right. protect leads and dominate, if not the entire game, at least always feel uh, in control of the result. Mm-hmm. Whereas Austin FC has an incredible spirit. But almost always has to play from behind um, in order to have like a sense of urgency uh, to to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, or, or have to play against some type of adversity, whether it be playing as a visitor or playing from a, from a, from a lower standpoint in terms of the, uh, the result. But um, so you got teams like San Jose, you know, yeah. bottom bottom of the bracket coming. Right, like, right. Where is the pressure? Where is the pressure? It's like it's almost like you were talking about pressure, maybe playing at home. But I feel like maybe it's a uh, it's lack of urgency, lack of taking yeah. it se- like as serious as they can, and and uh, really pushing through the finish line. So um, that 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 uh, the whole you know winning teams know how to close the. You know, We do. I mean, for what we've seen, you know, in the in the standings and with the games we won, we do very good at that. Away at home is a different story. I mean, away it feels it feels like as we we have more control. Yes, there's times that we struggle, but we get the results. Um, but at home, that's where it, it like it's just something about it that it's killing us. Which for me is now if we get to the playoff part, we have to really just consider this us a major thing to focus on because if we're gonna be playing home games, you know, by the way we're staying in in the in the in the table, is that gonna be good enough for us to, you know, to defend and to to build back as this is and I would say like whenever you play at home, I, I it's it's kinda of a hard thing to call it fortress because in football anything can happen unless you're you know, Bayern Munich, you're this top teams or even Real and Bernabeu, I think, but you have to take advantage of that, that, uh, the home part. And home points, we're not losing, but also we, we need to win. I think a, a couple of wins will change the dynamic. Um, one thing that I want to, you know, also say is the whole taking blame, like blame, blaming in a specific player, it's not good because, like you said, it's a whole team effort. It's you know you win as a team you lose as a team. It's not uh, Fagundes FC or you know I mean Drusi is, is you know it's bound to be an MVP hopefully, but it still is not like Drusi MB, uh, Drusi FC or Cascante FC is Austin FC. So I'm not a big fan of you know people just going out there and and shitting on on players when they have a bad day. I think that that should not be the case. It's a bad day, you know you have to recover from that. But at the end of the day. It's it's about the team, um, and I do feel as a team they're taking this loss as a team itself and not a blame on the person, which is good and it's crucial because that goes with the with the with the bound not the bound but like the, the the fellowship they have among the team among the players. It's it's great the relationship and how they get along. You rarely in this season you rarely see that someone is blaming another player for a mistake. That's another another factor that you know we have to consider if you go to the playoffs. You say Redes misses. You don't ever see the players getting at Redes, looking at Redes, and giving them shit. Like they're like, "Hey, wait, get the next one, get the next one." So that gives you a little push of motivation to keep going and keep competing. But we just have to, you know, do what we can at home. We have to uh, make this our strength. Make this place where nos respetan porque nos respetan. Porque, o sea, nos están respetando ahorita. I mean, everyone outside of Austin FC is actually thinking of us and taking it serious. So we just have to continue to build on that. Um, and Josh Wolf is, is knowing how to handle situations better. 
um, which is good, and that's another another good thing to see. The way he he gets along with the players, the way he addresses even the media. For someone like Jorge to say that, uh, uh, you know, Josh Fulp has improved, that, that shows that, okay, you got to take that serious because he's very critical. Yeah, but I think it's it, it's our job to be critical, man, because, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I look at I, – I understand what you're saying about team unity, and it's great to see, and the guys have each other's backs, and no one's going to be to blame. But, you know, when I see Philippe, Philippe Martins tweeting, like, remember who we are, remember where we – you know, we're not done yet, we want more, we, want, we win together, we lose together, uh-huh. we draw together, cry together – Great message, mm-hmm. but since Atlanta, that game against Atlanta FC, what have you done? Yeah, when you've stepped on the field, you have to. So do I, you gotta you, you gotta recognize the unity and the, the the good things, but you also gotta acknowledge like, hey man, if you're coming off Cuando the bench, pilas, yeah, you gotta come yeah. stronger. You gotta come better, dude, because uh, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look, and. Uh, the way San Jose was just kind of going through our midfield, it, f- it felt like mm-hmm. kind of coming straight down the middle. It was, it was alarming. Um, and, uh, you know, when we have options on the bench like Corozo, um, someone that, you know, can have a more of a attacking mindset. Um, and then the incoming Rigoni, who has the qualities to uh, to be that partner that mm-hmm. the Rusi needs up top as well, or an additional partner. Um, you kind of would hope that in the future, Joshua would consider these options more instead of trying to have someone that has the work rate to come back and defend, which mm-hmm. is important. But we've seen that our, our greatest defense is when we're moving forward, when we're keeping yeah. the ball, when we're keeping our, our, our foot on the gas. The moment you kind of let go. Yeah, then I think. The, the, the teams are learning how to break through our midfield. And this is something that I've seen every time they score a goal an early goal they've learned how to break uh between the line between cascante Gabrielson mm-hmm. and ring and Pereira. they know how to get through like the, those four guys and that's a crucial part because a lot of the goals that like we get scored on they're not from crossings and not even like it's you know like set pieces a lot of them come from that inside part we we really have to just pay attention and i think like you're saying martins is in that position um so as as we win or you know we we tweet something that we also have to be responsible for for what we say and we're saying we're gonna improve we win we lose together we lose together yeah but you have to also you know do everything you can to when you come in whatever you say in a tweet has to be an effect and an actual reality in the field yeah um, but what's your prediction against Kansas City at home? Uh, I'm a little bit pessimistic, uh, not like completely, but just looking at the trends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say a tie, a tie two to two, because uh, just seeing how Austin has uh played at home, it hasn't been too promising. They've mm-hmm. they've let. They've almost played to the level of their opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this this Kansas City team comes off of a win against uh, LA Galaxy. Uh, not too long ago, I think they beat them 4-2 or 4-1. to um, And we're coming kind of with uh, people starting to question our, our ability at home. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, I, I guess it's like a little bit pessimistic, but yeah, I'm gonna say a tie two to two, because last time my prediction and uh, for for this game I was think like everyone predicted a, a I, blowout, I, I a it was win, five zero. Yeah. And what did I say? Uh, it's gonna be a short one, one zero or you know, a close one. Yeah, and it was. It, <laughs> we've been off. We've yeah. been off the mark. So I'm just gonna say. Like, yeah, I've been off, but I've been not saying. No, uh, we'll say two two, man. Two two. I, I two, think two. We're gonna take the win, one zero. Close one zero, maybe. The, the, they're going to do everything to defend. And I, I think they're going to be a bit more conservative at first. I can see the game being a very, you know, like not so dynamic first half. But second half, they're going to want to look for it. And you're going to see the magic of Fagundes. Iruti is going to store score. He's due. He's due for a goal, man. He, he Because LAFC is coming... You know, a couple of weeks after that. So you need They're to, coming in hot. They're gonna be coming in hot. Um, so we just need we just need our guys to, you know, to come through and and uh it's one you know, one goal and they don't get scored on, that's it. But the whole point now is don't get scored on more than I mean of course you want your 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 strategy has always you know, should always be to to win and score, but now it's like don't get scored on first and then we can, you know, we can worry about scoring. I hope our boys wake up and prove me wrong and 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 make a statement game where they come out and they they come out firing on all cylinders, um, because that that that's crucial leading up to the late August game, which we're all kind of looking forward to. But at the same time, we can't continue to uh, underestimate our opponents and uh, mm-hmm. think like I underestimated. Uh, I I underestimated San Jose last week. When I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to blow them out. No, man. The team has fight. It had spirit. It surprised me. Gave, gave us a golazo. Gave us that fight. Something that we've seen when we're on the road, but we don't see when we're at home. So, yeah, man, I hope they can prove me wrong uh, this Saturday and, and and pull off a win against uh, Sporting Kansas City. But, yeah, my prediction is a tie. So, what would you say? What was your prediction? 1-0, Ruti. 1-0, Ruti. Yeah, I think Ruti will score. Um, I think... Maybe they'll give the UC rest because he's coming off of the MLS and maybe off of a little knock, a little injury. I don't know something. We've heard some 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 rumors about him feeling a little knock after that uh, game against San Jose. Right, and uh, we just got done watching the MLS game. It was a two to one. MLS took it. I mean, the the All Star MLS took it two to one. Yeah. Second year Question, in a row. Questionable penalty, but I mean that's that's the game, bro. There's VAR. They should be able to verify that. I I, I think it has. Um, MLS is going to try to win it. Liga MX is, is starting to give a little more shit about it, but it took them a while. They released the lineup like a couple of weeks ago. That shows how much they really don't care about this game. Uh, but you said earlier um, that there was an interview with the president of, of La Liga MX that he's a bit, uh, you know, starting to rethink his priorities yeah i believe it was an interview he did on uh, espn deportes or espn sports it was actually in english he was with uh hercules gomez and those guys and uh they were asking him his thoughts on on the mls and uh liga mekis comparisons and he mentioned how how he kind of looks at the mls and the level of investment and and the the growth it's had in the the recent years Mm -hmm. and he is worried that if he that it, the Liga Mekis doesn't have the same or more investment into their league from, from different uh, different business 
different business relations or associations, their league is going to struggle to compete in the future with with uh, with the MLS. Um, and he, he recognizes the growth and he recognizes what we're doing. And um, it's just an interesting thing to hear where when you're saying that the league I make is didn't even release their team until recently. And sometimes it seems like they're, they don't take it as seriously. Right. But I don't know if you ever played like a game with a guy or, 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 or anyone. And they're like, when you're winning, they're like, eh, I don't even care about this. It's a bad look. Yeah. It's a bad look. Cause it shows, it, it shows that, uh, Deep down inside, they got some insecurity issues. You know what I mean? Like, they can't compete with you full on. Um, and another thing about this whole All-Star Liga Mekis MLS weekend, or uh, midweek uh, event, the skills challenge from yesterday, um, that's interesting to see because there's, like, a crossbar challenge, a penalty shot challenge, a touch challenge. Um, very interesting little ga- l- games. Um I had never seen um, in any other league before, and I think it it, it tells you something about the uh, American sport culture because mm-hmm. you know we have the basketball all star, yeah, yeah, yeah. the dunk contest, the home run derby, the um, NFL. Uh, I forget what they call it, but it's like kind of a skills related thing. The combine, no, not, not the, the combine. combine. The I forget either. I, for, I forget what it is, but we we make games to demonstrate. Uh, like skills, how superhuman mm-hmm. these people are, um, and we we capitalize on that, and it's kind of special. It's kind of unique to the MLS league. Well, I was looking at it, and then este Antuna was having a like he was supposed to be serving the passes to the guy that was that was that one cornhole looking, um, like game where they give you a pass and you have to put it in the, in a hole. Oh, it's a touch challenge touch where, like, challenge. they give you the pass, so you got to chest it and, like, lob it into yeah. these targets, and each target has an amount and, of points. And it can't fall on the ground. And then este Antuna was just giving the shittiest passes, like. But Antuna's, like, demeanor when he was making a pass is kind of, like, not really giving a shit. And it's, it's like, okay, they're taking, they're not taking this serious, right? Whatever. But these other guys right here in MLS, they're taking this serious. Yeah, dude. They're the- all, like. Chanting, they're all going like they're all celebrating every time someone does well. Acherache, Acherache did great on that touch on the penalty challenge, like the penalty challenge, and he was like, you know, kind of praised by by all his teammates. And then the Mexican players are just like, eh, like they were serious, como que no quieres, no quieres estar ahí. I think Acherache was just happy to finally win something because you know our boys in Houston are not doing too hot. Calmate, <laughs> Turralde. I'm just saying, bro. He's probably yeah. like, finally a W. Yeah, finally, but, I get celebrate. Yeah. But you, you, you see, like, like, to, like you were saying, uh, the MLS guys were celebrating and 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 happy and enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. They had big smiles on their faces. Um, you know, Chicharito was doing ch- chilenas and like, yeah. Probably, well, he was doing good. Also, serving those passes the yeah. same same way that Antuna should have done it. And Chicharito was on point. They were like, man, Chicharito actually can pass. And Antuna was, like, pretty off. But, like, Mexican players have to change their motive and they have to change their priorities to how they view soccer because time is flying. And we went from, like, 2006 thinking, like, man, you know what? We can probably compete to win the World Cup. 
ever since then, we have not been able to have the mentality of going out to compete and try to win something. We always go, you know, almost last place, like almost like repechaje or almost where the, the coach is almost out. But there's never a process where, in la, in la selección, you know, where things are taken serious. Siempre estamos llegando al, yeah. al, al, al golpe. No, no. Oh, de golpe. And, and if you look to, to last year, last time there was a, a MLS Liga MX All-Star Week. Um, I believe the the MLS team won that year. Soon after that, we had the um, CONCACAF qualifier against USA. They won. USA wins. We go play Mexico goes to play Canada. Canada wins. Mex Mexican soccer has taken a few consecutive L's. Mm -hmm. Um and it's just kind of worrisome to look at uh, a growing league and a, kind of a, a nation that has exported a lot of players to Europe. And But not only that, you look at a player like Carlitos Vela, mm -hmm. quality, amazing, can play probably... In world the, class. World class. Pero. And he doesn't, he doesn't really like to play for the, the, the national, national team. team. Yeah. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of uh, egos and mentality and and and, and history. Mm -hmm. um, that is kind of sad. And 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 you look at um, the World Cup. Qatar here is in is in a few months, and we don't really have answers to those questions. Yeah, it's just more of a. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, one good thing that. I'm seeing in Mexico is there was a and they started exporting several players. Oh yeah, some recent signings. Uh, Santi Jimenez. Santi uh, Jimenez. Where did he go? Ajax. Feyenoord. Oh Feyenoord. Este, there was sorry. another player that went to Ajax, no? Jorge Sanchez. Jorge Sanchez. Um, and and uh, uh, Lainez is joining Pisuto in Praga. Mm -hmm. Um, Guti, Guti, Eric Gutierrez. Yeah. And PSB, he's you know he he scored a goal. Against, um, I, forgot, I forgot the team, but he scored a goal for them to go to the next round in the Champions League qualifiers. Um, we're hopefully going to see a couple more players like Naveda from um, America. He went to Poland. He's going to Poland and play there. So hopefully we get to see more and more of these players leave because, okay, I would rather have a Mexican player go to Holland, go to Portugal, where those are kind of like developmental leagues, and then make the step to Italy, um, Spain, England, or even France. But at least when you go to other leagues from these two leagues, you have a better foundation. You have a better um, – you already understand the game. You understand the European way of playing. So, the you know, when you adapt to La Liga, it's easier. Like, say – H H, he actually didn't end up not doing bad at Atletico, and Atletico has a stacked team. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of competition for a position, and he started some games. Yeah, he probably didn't start all the games, but he started some pretty crucial games. You know, it was just from the ground up, and Betis, he's like an icon. So I hope more players in Mexico consider going to Europe at least to Portugal and, 
en Netherlands because that's a that's a league that nos favorece mucho and they can build from there. I would rather have a young player go there than stay and go to Tigres or Monterrey. I mean, yeah, we still can have Mexican players in Mexico, but I would rather have someone out, like, just experience something different. Experience yeah. a different mentality. Get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Go play in, in a place that's hard to adapt, hard culture, hard language, cold weather, but, you know, that 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 um, that soccer culture and, and school that that is highly competitive and that will teach you how to – how to defend well, how to play out from the back well, mm-hmm. how to improve your touch and make those decisions a lot quicker than the pace that we play here on this side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, those things will help you. But also m- taking that, everything that you learn over there and bringing it back here and, and be, staying hungry, you yeah. know, staying hungry, that's huge. Because you look at a player on, on the U.S. side like like uh, Christian Pulisic, mm-hmm. uh, he, when he he plays at Chelsea, he's played Champions League. He's played big things. Yeah, he's not a starter. Um, he comes off the bench most of the times. So. But they're hungry, dude. But he's hungry. And when he comes to play for the USA, he's playing like he has something to prove, man. Like he has to do something. And a lot of times what what happened with, with the Mexican players that played abroad, uh, when they would come back, they would come like a little bit like yeah. they wouldn't put as much heart into it as a maybe a Liga MX player or something. Yeah. It's like it's kind of a it's a double edged sword, you know. Don't get complacent, but um, I don't know, man. Um, there's a lot of things going on uh, with uh, European soccer right now. You know, we talked a little bit about Barca earlier, mm-hmm. but the European leagues are about to kick off. Uh, the Premier League started last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, got to catch uh, the first game of that Arsenal um, with Ernie, uh, our buddy, who just uh, I went to the tavern. We went to the tavern. Did a rhyme go deal? We. Ram, I ran into Ram. Okay. I ran into Chris Rubio, uh, uh, a few other people uh, at at this Arsenal bar. It was real cool to watch the game in that environment. Uh, truly like a, a pub style um, environment where everybody's singing the songs and the chants and just fully into the game and and tuned in and just you know plugged into the game. You don't see a lot of that unless you go to a Premier League bar like that, uh, which is why I like to, that's, that's why I love. Uh, Premier League so much if not only because of the amazing quality but how much the US fans have embraced it and created small little subsects of community from it and actually one of the w- one of the guys I saw there Chris Rubio he's a he's a listener of the pod he mm-hmm. he he told me a correction from like the previous podcast uh, we were talking about Austin FC um and how they were in the running for the the community what's it called the community shield is the community shield yeah that's what I've, I've... He corrected me on this. Oh, what did he say? I don't remember. <laughs> I'll look it up. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, it's cool. Anytime we screw up, screw it up here on the pod, we welcome. We welcome corrections. We, now, now I'm going to look and be like, what is it? <laughs> no, nah, we, we'll, we'll get to we'll, it. We'll get, we'll get to, to it. it. But it, it, it's cool. It means people yeah. are listening. Right, right. We, 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 look, we, we do this as a passion project, and uh, and we've seen we've seen some growth, but... It's always cool when someone comes up to you and is like, "Hey, man, uh, I like what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. I like this episode was fire. Um, th- this, this is what I think." Or, "Hey, w- have y'all thought about this?" Like, um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to get these types of people involved mm-hmm. because, um, you know, as much as I love doing this with Richie, I also love when when people come with uh, 
with their ideas, voices, and opinions mm-hmm. about what we're doing and how we can do it better. So I appreciate y'all. And uh, one thing that we, we have in mind uh, in the future is to to have fan reactions, but inside, like, in here. So, yeah. Yeah, kind of like fan, uh, Austin FC fan fan analysis. Like, so yeah. people come here and discuss their thoughts on the game and uh, what they see through their perspective and mm-hmm. their lens because we all come from different backgrounds. And something that's special about the MLS is how – how many new fans there are? How many right, people right. that are maybe used to watching other sports uh, that got into that got into soccer and fully embraced it? Uh, they come mm-hmm. with a fresh set of eyes and fresh set of ideas and and really respect for the analytical side of it, like the number side, the statistical side um, that 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 we appreciate and maybe we don't uh, we don't have as much yet. Yeah, and and uh, we're gonna be doing that because we want to get other people's perspective about the game, especially as new fans, like you said. Um, and, and, and also like, like, uh, Jorge said, whenever he came here, he was like, everybody wants to be an analyst. Everybody wants to talk about uh, soccer in, in a microphone. So our goal was just going to be to, you know, to bring people that want to talk and analyze and discuss what they think about the game, you know, what they think about certain situations It all, all, all with the hopes of building some kind of, um, like, a in a way where, where we don't do too many hot takes or, or you know getting fights with with you no know, debating with each other we're even more like hey you know i want to hear your perspective and i want to i want to see you know like where 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 did you see that one particular play that i didn't pay attention to or that particular run so it would be pretty cool um be in the lookout in our twitter for sure and and back to chris rubio's uh correction it's supporter shield community shield is uh, uh F, the english premier Oh, okay. Supporter shields. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Hey, man, we got to get it right here on otra por favor. Supporter shield. We, we got to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, bro. <laughs> Supporter shield. You know what? How about this? Whenever they win it, we'll we'll make sure it says supporter shield <laughs> in that picture. <laughs> nah, man. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to touch on, Richie? Uh, nah, man. Just uh, just keep checking us out. Uh, let us know what you think, and uh, be in the lookout for any. Anytime we want to do a fan analysis collaboration, uh, we'll post them on Twitter or uh, Instagram. And then um, we'll set up a list, set up dates, and we'll take it from there. Perfect, man. So, good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode 54 of Otra Por Favor. Se portan bien, se cuidan, y nos vemos el, el sábado. Adiós.